What would our world be without leaders, innovators, and kingdom builders? Welcome to Under the Crown, where you get inside the twisted minds of our host, Trey Carmichael, and the kings and queens in his circle. Covering leadership, marketing, sales, recruiting, management, and so much more. Under the Crown is here to help you build your kingdom. Are you prepared for the siege? Dive into picking your brain about that because that's something that more business owners should be taking advantage of. There's a lot of people out there getting views, but don't have something low ticket to sell their audience. So before we dive into that, though, I do want to talk to you about your queen's journey to do all the stuff you're doing. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I started off, I was, you know, just doing design kind of for fun. I never really make any money from it or like, especially not make a living from it. And, you know, I was working nine to five jobs, like working in restaurants and stuff like that. And just the longer that I went on doing that, the more I started to kind of hate it. And one day it was about probably five, six years ago. Now I just decided, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. And I quit my job the day before Christmas. Um, I had like $2,500 in a savings account. I spent like two grand on a, like a lead lead gen course sales course and just kind of I went all in with it from there on out I was like well if this is you know if this is what I'm doing I'm doing it so I just kind of dove in head first awesome there's a lot of power in doing that and that's something that most people really aren't willing to do which is just take that first leap into it so what were some of the mindset shifts shifts that you went through going from the nine to five to being the entrepreneur Yeah. So for me, a lot of it, it was like, you got to get really self-disciplined really quick because you don't, you don't have a boss that's like constantly on you, you know, telling you what to do and and managing you and stuff like that, which is great for somebody like me that doesn't like being micromanaged, um, that just kind of wants to, you know, I just want to do my own thing and I'm capable of doing it. So just let me do it. Um, But there's a lot of self-discipline that has to happen for that to work out like you can't just it's it's easy at first to say like oh well I'm on boss and if I don't want to work today I don't have to work today but starting out especially like you're you're working a lot and really I probably put in the first at least the first two years I put in more work like per week on my business than I ever did in you know a nine-to-five job easily and that's something that most people aren't willing to talk about they act like Everybody acts like they're able to come into the internet space and then very quickly be able to establish something that doesn't suck their time. And it's really something that they're getting sold by a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but it's something that's just not true. It takes a whole lot of elbow grease at first. Yeah, it does. Like I, I can honestly say probably for the first year and a half, two years, I was probably working like 70, 80 hours a week. Hmm. Yeah, that's something that most people aren't willing to do. So what did it take for you to actually build up that level of self-discipline to hold yourself to it? For me, it was, I basically looked at it like I had, there was two things that I could do. I could do this and I could make it work. 
and I could put in the work that it required to do that. Or I could go back to working in fucking restaurants and, you know, working retail and working nine to five jobs and stuff like that, which I didn't want to do. So I was like, okay, do I, you know, I know I'm not going to have to work, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week forever, but if I do it for a year, is that going to be worth the payoff basically? And it was, and I decided that it was so I did, I buckled down and did that for a year, knowing that if I, if I did that for the first year, I would never have to do it again. And I would never have to, you know, work another nine to five or like have a boss, like, you know, jumping down my throat over stupid shit. And so it, for me, it was, it was pretty easy after that. Like once you sit down and you look at like what you have to do and kind of get the long-term thinking and the long-term plan that you can see for me, the, the discipline kind of came easy after that. Mm, that is one of the hardest things for most entrepreneurs to build up. I feel like is the sense of delayed gratification and just knowing that it's going to come inspecting it to happen right now. I mean, we live yeah. in a world of instant messaging and instant everything. So they think they're going to get their instant check. No, you don't. <laughs> I probably for the first, I probably didn't really make any money for like the first six months. Mm. And when I say any money, I mean any. Like I was, you know, buckling down really hard on bills and stuff like that and like getting my expenses as low as I absolutely could. Um, just because like I, I wasn't making anything I was still showing up and I was still being consistent and I was putting offers out and I was you know doing all of the things that you're told to do but it's definitely not a you know I think a lot of people think like oh I'm gonna open you know I'm gonna do like an online digital business and I'm gonna work four hours a week and make six figures a day like it does not happen like that it yeah. doesn't any really anybody that says that it'll happen in you know a couple months is selling you a lie yep they're selling you a dream but that's actually been a recurring conversation on this show is whose fault is it anyways that that's what's being sold right now because the the audience and the general public is scrolling past all the things that are talking about the reality of it taking months and then mm -hmm. they're clicking on and buying the things that say they're going to do it in 30 days like they're programming us on what to create and feed them at the end of the day. It's yeah. kind of crazy. No, it is. And it, I think a lot of it is like people don't want to deal with the reality of the situation that like you're going to have to put in some serious work for at least a year. I, I would say a year minimum is like the safe bet. Certain industries, you're probably going to have to do it longer than that. Mm. Absolutely. So that's the reality that it takes to be an entrepreneur. Let's talk about the mental process and creative process that you go through when, when designing a new brand. Yeah, so the way, if, if I'm doing a brand kind of, we'll say it's from scratch, you know, or, or doing a rebrand or anything like that, I always start with strategy first. Um, the way that I go about that is a little bit different than how brand strategy is usually taught. Um, I, I learned 
brand strategy through through doing it and testing and adjusting and, and getting a process down. And then once once I got good at it and I started to get brand strategy clients, I realized that always came up with them, which was, I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. Always the words that they used, and it was pretty much like verbatim. That is what every single client would say. And so I, I kind of started diving into what makes a person's identity up, not in terms of a personal brand, really, but what actually makes a person's identity and then how we get a business to, like, how do we actually align the brand to who the person really is so they don't end up resenting everything that we've done, you know, a year, two years, three years afterwards. Um, so that that's the process that I start with first. You know, we do the tactical stuff too, like different marketing channels and what kind of messaging we want to use and the tone of voice that we communicate in and the target market and, you know, all of that stuff too. But um, that identity piece has to come first um, in the way that I do it and in my opinion. So mm, I love that you just listed off all those different things that go into branding that, you know, people like us that have been in the space for a while, we understand that all part of your branding, but most people think that their branding is literally just their logo, cover photo, and a couple little images like that. And that's usually the same people that bitch that they're, that they want to rebrand every six months because it's not working. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're just, you're changing your profile picture. Like it's not, of course it's not working. Yeah, so one of the thing one of the things that I've seen to be kind of a recurring theme in a lot of your content is gamification. And I'm curious how you gamification into different brands. Yeah, so I'm a huge gamer and have been forever and probably will be for my entire life. So it's something it's something that I've I've started to subconsciously pick up on is how video games are, you know, why they're so addicting type of mechanics that they're using to make you keep wanting to play so it I always try to to do a little bit of that at least in in most brands it really just depends on the business and the industry that they're in how far you can go with it like if you've got you know if you're like in fitness like if you're a personal trainer or something like that there's a ton of different potential for gamification because really at the end of the day you got people that are working out and they're trying to beat what they did you know the time before um so that that's something that lends itself supernaturally to it there's other other elements that i that i bring into it like different like world building stuff which you see a lot actually in like tabletop games like like D D. um and i, I sh use that structure to kind of help sort of lay out like if a brand was actually like a a world that you could live in like what is that world like um so that that's one way that i do it that's a more more experience sort of branding style um and that that lends itself really well to like community building and and stuff like that so um but yeah it just it really it just depends on on what industry they're in you can go strict you know level up like I said, you know, if you're, you know, a personal trainer or something like that, or you can go kind of the world building, more creative style. It just, just kind of depends on, on what you're doing. 
Awesome. I That's something that I think that more entrepreneurs should be thinking about with their brands. Cause at the end of the day, if you look at all of these, at all of these big companies, especially all these software companies that we're using every day as entrepreneurs, all these little things that are built in to gamify the experience and just keep you coming back. And it's one of those ways just to build up a happy obligation with your community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you can do that through strategy and you can do that through visuals too. You know, if you've got a course and people are going through your course, like you can reward them with, you know, with like little badges and stickers and, you know, cosmetic shit, visual stuff. Like there's, there's all sorts of elements that you can use to kind of bring that in, even something, you know, kind of low ticket. Yeah. So let's dive into some more of the fun stuff. What kind of businesses do you think should be creating merchandise on the back of their brands? Literally all of them. All <laughs> of them. Um, I I never bring up merch as like, oh, it's a second stream of income and blah, 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 blah. Like it certainly can be. But if you go that route, it's basically another business that you're running. Um, I always used merch as either a low ticket offer or or client experience because if you have if you already have clients and they've already bought from you and they like you and they're happy with what you delivered the chances of them like wanting to promote you and like rep you know a cool t-shirt or a cool hoodie or something like that is pretty high um you know, especially if they bought, you know, a four or $5,000 package from you, they'll probably buy like a $20 t-shirt. It's not that hard of a sale. Where I see people go wrong with it is they just slap their logo on a t-shirt and say, hey, buy this. Like nobody wants some like boring corporate logo. You know, you got to get a little, you got to, you know, do stuff that people actually want to buy something that's cool. But um, I think pretty much any business can utilize it. Awesome. So let's lean a little bit into that. What does the creative process look like when somebody works with you to get their to get their merchandise all situated? Yeah. So the the way that I do it, sit down with them and just kind of figure out what sort of business it is that they're that they're running, what type of clients that they have, why is it that they want to do merch? Like, what's the you know the end goal? Is it to make you know, a shitload of money? Is it just a client experience thing? Is it, you know, client gifts, goodies, stuff like that? And then designing for usually what I do with merch is I'll actually do a lot of different designs and a lot of different kind of appeal to different, you know, to different target audiences. Um, they kind of vary wildly. There's no real brand consistency, which is hilarious because it's something that I preach about all the time. But it's merch is one of those things you can kind of have fun with it and not worry about being super consistent um like you do with you know a brand at a high level you have to be really consistent but merch or you know just your offers in general if you're doing those you can kind of have fun with it and play around a little bit so like so what are some of the other ways that brands can use merch and their missions yeah so if you're uh, right now i'm working with a lot of people that are 
TikTok um, and, and doing well on other social medias too. Like if you already have that audience built up, merch is basically just another thing that you can offer that's basically completely um, you don't really have to do a lot. It doesn't take a lot of work. You know, you don't need inventory. Like I use print-on-demand dropship printers. Um, it's super easy to do. You know, I, I've, I run an entire merch store and it takes me, I spend maybe 10, 15 minutes on it a day. You know, and that, that's if I've got a new design I want to put out, I'm putting it on products, I'm uploading it, I'm categorizing it, I'm tagging everything, I'm making sure it's going to the website. It takes me maybe 10 or 15 minutes to do that. So it's just another, it's another way to get people involved in your brand and feel like they're a part of that community. And also it's, you know, it's for you too, if they're actually wearing the stuff that they bought, which of course they are, or they wouldn't have bought it. <laughs> so. So you had a formula that you told me when we were chatting the other day about how merch could potentially make these businesses a bit more profitable and add a mm -hmm. little bit more add a little bit more revenue. Can you kind of us real quick? Yeah, I've got this nifty little calculator that I use. Basically, what you do is you plug in the average price of your product um, at what rate you convert monthly visitors you have. So I estimate this on the low side. If you've got visitors a month with a conversion rate of 3%, which is really, really low, and your average price product is about $20, you're missing out on about $8,000 a year. So Awesome. So I, I do know a lot of people out there that they, they get more than 1,000 visitors a month. Mm -hmm. but they have nothing but high ticket offers to offer their people. So they don't have nearly the conversion. We could. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I like using merch as a low ticket offer too. Like maybe, you know, if you're a coach or something like that and you've got a really big social following you only do high level stuff, like it's a, you know, you only do like a $10,000 coaching package or stuff like that the majority of people that are seeing you on social media are probably not going to be able to afford that, but they still like you and they like the content that you put out or, you know, they like, you know, the specific values that you have that you talk about, like throw some t-shirts up there and let them spend $50 on t-shirts and tank tops and hoodies or whatever. Absolutely. So how do you carry the weight of your crown and take care of everything that's going on in it? Yeah, so um, my my like physical health is super important. Um, I work out five days a week in some form or another. I either do weightlifting or do kickboxing and Muay Thai. So pretty good chance that I'm doing one of those on one day of the week. <laughs> so super important to me. That kind of helps me, you know, feel like I'm I'm capable of, of doing everything that I do. It keeps me energized, you know, keeps me healthy. Um, my diet's also super important. I pay really close attention to that. Um, that's, that's the physical side. As far as the mental side goes, I, I do meditate not as much as I probably should. <laughs> um, but I do try to do that like pretty often. Um, I journal, I free write, you know, I've, I've got a lot of different like mental exercises that I use just to kind of get everything out of my brain and you know try to 
clear the cobwebs, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to know, actually, if you have any mental exercises you go through to boost your creativity and get into the zone. I honestly, like, this is kind of how I come up with, like, new designs that, like, I just observe everything that's going on around me. You know, if I if I go outside and I go for a walk, like I'm paying attention to. I've I've got actually a design that I'm working on. I've, you know, the leaves colors here and 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 fall off. But I was outside the other day. There was these three trees grouped together, and one of them was like this really bright red color. One of them was really bright yellow, and one was like a really bright green. And I took a picture of it. I loaded that into Photoshop colors off of it created a color palette and i'm gonna do a design like using only that color palette it was like a three or four color color palette um and so that that's honestly kind of my like i just observe everything that's going on and then i recreate what i absolutely i absolutely love that so one of the things that I don't like doing, but I have done a little bit of is the brand development stuff and helping people like find their colors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love, I absolutely love that you mentioned that like you got the picture of all the leaves and you're pulling the colors out of it. Cause one of the things that I've done with clients in the past is send them is have them send me a picture that just makes them feel really good. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then what I would do is I just pull the colors out of that picture and then basically put together a brand board based upon that. Yeah, I did that with a client that I had not too long ago. Actually, he's uh, like a personal development performance coach. And I, I, we were talking about color typefaces and stuff like that. And he was like, I'm going to send you a picture. It was this picture of him wearing this hoodie. And it was a really specific like burgundy red color. He was like, I don't know why good when I have that hoodie on like I just like Mm. feel like I could conquer the world like I love that color and so that's the main brand color that he has now is that kind of like burgundy sort of color yeah I love doing stuff like that that's awesome so what are the best ways for people to see more of you and get involved with you yeah so I'm on Twitter pretty heavily at H-A-L-E-Y Facebook same name uh, am on TikTok as well against my better judgment, but <laughs> um, something something design. So that's where I post all of the you know design work and merch work and stuff that I do is on there. So awesome! Well, we were able to have you on today. I know that you brought a lot of value, and if you're an entrepreneur that's listening, and if you if you can take anything away from it. You should probably be making merchandise. Probably so. Yeah. I think one of the the things too that I love about it is I love digital for everything that it does and how easy it makes stuff and you know, everything's automated and optimized and integrated and all that shit. But I think that eventually we grow resentful towards what becomes the normal. And so you just don't see a lot of stuff anymore. And I think we've really kind of as like a culture started to miss out on stuff like that so we absolutely have awesome well thank you so much for your time today Haley. thank you 
Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so you're never left out in the snow. Do you want to build a business or get more customers online? Are you tired of spending all your time shackled to your business? Tired of being treated like the court jester? Not anymore. You can get a care package from Trey today for just a buck that will help you beat shiny object syndrome with Trey's favorite tool list. Build your online authority and network with your own podcast and by being interviewed on other podcasts. Systemize your business with Trey's seven pillar system. Hire a VA to get your time back and so much more. You heard me right. All of that for less than the last Starbucks you got. Go to TreyCarmichael.us and get yours while it's hot. Check the couch for that dollar if you gotta.